needs. Well, it's a thousand watts, honey. Didn't you go to school? I Kilo did, is but thousand. I didn't, I it's a thousand I think watts. I was absent that day. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr., and I'm willing to do anything to help the planet. I'll bathe in new shower water, I'll break the law to bury my compost, and I love my wife. And I'm Rochelle Carson Begley. Sometimes my husband drives me so insane I want to break the law and him, but I love Ed. In this episode about solar power, we'll be talking about lots of different solutions for generating power from alternative energy. Hey everybody, welcome back to Begley-esque. Today's episode is dedicated to all things solar. But before we jump in, we want to thank you again for listening and sharing very, very kind messages with us. For example, Dave and Devine emailed us and said, we've been watching and listening to you two from the HGTV days to the present day oh, podcast. Oh, God bless you. Isn't that great? You. God bless them both. We have taken a lot of your suggestions and put them into action in our own lives. Our home in Pittsburgh has all LED bulbs, rain barrels on every corner of the house. We compost everything that can be composted and use that for a home garden. And we recycle everything that can be recycled. We also made our vacation home in, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Rotan, Honduras, totally energy and water independent with a 7,000 gallon cistern, 1,200 watts of solar. And we are just adding a 100 kilowatt wind turbine to finish off our clean independence. Thank you for your commitment and inspiration. Wow. That is amazing, Dave and Devine. You guys are our inspiration. No, Dave and Devine, Ed wants to adopt you, okay? I know. I think, right? I think we need to adopt. <laughs> well, Unless you want to have some more kids. Honey. What are you thinking? <laughs> Miracles I don't know how old you are, Dave or Devine. But, but you, we love you. Yeah. We're also learning how you folks are doing your part to help the planet. Earlier this month, it was National Walking Day. Oh, interesting. So How would you know? You never walk. You're never out of your car. <laughs> So, at iBookery tweeted, a good day to have done how many? Oh my lord, 24,500 steps, 11.3 miles. Wow. Oh my gosh, you really embraced the National Walking Day. 11 miles is a lot. It is. And Rory tweeted us that he's helping the planet through his diet. He said, I've been vegetarian for over a year and mostly vegan during the same time frame. Keep it up, Rory. Oh, you brown noser, Roy. You know, Ed loves you. It's been so exciting to learn how you're doing, Green. And so we really appreciate that you're sharing your journey with us. And not only does it inspire us to keep doing this podcast, because we do need inspiration, everyone, but it's inspiring others to take the same steps and make a difference. So if you're doing something that helped you become happier, help you save money, or help the environment, please let us know. Because Lord knows we need all the help we can get. We're at Begley-esque on Twitter and Facebook, or shoot us an email at Begley-esque at gmail.com. B-E-G-L-E-Y, Begley-esque, E-S-Q-U-E, at gmail.com. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends, please. Who knows, you might inspire someone to change their life. So we're recording the day right before Earth Day, and uh, what do you have planned for Earth Day tomorrow, honey? Uh, shopping, shopping, let me guess. Yeah, shopping. how did and I guess? And then hair, I've got to do my hair. No, I might just go down to the science march downtown. Good, let's go downtown to Pershing Square and show Pershing? our support. Pershing? Pershing Square. Pershing Square. It's downtown at like six okay. and grand. There's a subway stop and there. And it's I'm people's take climate the march or if you're... You're going to ride the subway with me, right? Yeah. Well, last time it was packed, by the way, so you of couldn't even get on Of course it'll be it. packed. you got to get there early. Yep. And uh, the people's climate march is coming up on April 29th. So Earth Day is tomorrow, and yes. we're doing a science march, and yet 
the climate, climate march, march is not on thing. Earth Day. It's interesting. No, well, they want to do the science march today. That came first, I think, and then a, you know, the climate march will happen on the 29th. Well, you that's want to awesome. do both. Yeah, Let's I show listen. up for both. More the merrier. God knows we need the help. So if you're interested in participating in the D.C. march or other sister marches, you can go to peoplesclimate.org for more information. And Rochelle just came back from her trip to Paris. How was that, honey? Oh, my God. It was so incredible for so many reasons. And, yes, I walked, 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 maybe 11 miles a day, and I took the metro, which I insisted on calling the subway consistently. But eventually— How did the Parisians respond to that when you said, where's the subway? What are you talking about? No, there is no subway. It's the metro. Thank you. So I did take it, and I finally got the word right, and uh, it's amazing. There's so many things that they're doing right in Europe, so many things. How did you get over to Europe? Did you take a rail there or a sailboat? I took a solar airplane. Very You better have, because otherwise, (laughs) even if if you did fly, which I suspect (laughs) you did— Let me just tell you this. Let me tell you this. It was— Packed, okay? Okay, so more right. fuel efficient. But did you buy a TerraPass? Did I have to buy one for you? At least that mitigates the CO2. Get a TerraPass. You mitigate anything I do. Your very existence okay. is a mitigation for me, okay? Well, keep your carbon footprint low so I don't have to mitigate All so right. much. All right, whatever. So the other night we were had the privilege of, again, going to Norman and Lynn Lear's, and they are amazingly generous people they always open their home to many different causes a lot of environmental a lot causes. of environmental stuff yeah. they've had a focus on that for years that's lynn's passion yeah and so again they did it the other night with paul hawken as some of you know who is an incredible environmentalist with smith and hawken a correct author in his own right but the ecology um, of commerce i believe was his book yeah he like so many of us uh, have been discouraged, I think that was the essence of what he was saying and why he... And surprised that when he asked some of the top people, very uh, you know, high-level people about what are the five things or ten things you can do about the environment, people had some unusual lists. So he went out and got all these interns, paid them very little to go and actually do the math. The but actual like, I mean, interns precise, meaning scientists. Scientists. They had to be people with globe, degrees, of course, honey, not PhDs just... PhDs and... Right. Yeah knowledgeable people with degrees maybe 30 or but they pay them i shouldn't have said interns interns in a salary point of view it gave them a stipend to do it but they did the work around the world and they came up with lists of different categories they'd done the math on things right. that actually make scientific a difference. research peer shocking reviewed. the way the list was structured there was a lot of surprises for me i'm sure there were for you about Enormous. things that really make a difference and one of the top ones that grabbed us both things we both care about the environment and empowering women empowering women has a huge teaching in- young girls what number one teaching girls correct if they were educated the likelihood of them having more than uh two children they were educated, they were less likely to, to have, have large, untenable sizes of families. Right. So there were options for them. That is right. on the number one attributing factor to bring the drawdown of global climate change. Yes. Eliminating CO2 over time, turning it around in a matter of years. There's, there's two categories that have to do with women, empowering women and uh, educating women, I yeah. think is the way they had it broken down. Right. You put the two together, it becomes number one as a category. Just Yeah, the number you know, one thing that we as a planet can do to draw down carbon and reverse global climate change or global warming, whatever you want to call it, is educating women across the globe. Educating and empowering them. Right. And the other two that combined together would be very high 
would be offshore wind and onshore wind. We, both, we all knew that wind could be a powerful factor, but together onshore and offshore wind would be number one, except if you combine the two dealing with women together, that trumps everything else. Right, that isn't that That becomes number one beyond wind. And this Common. is just pure numbers and science and statistics. They're very dispassionate about it. They right. just, what are the numbers? What is it? We all have things in our head that we like. We like solar and we like this and we like wind and we like lots of different things. But what really makes a difference? And there were some shockers. The book is called Drawdown. It's written by Paul Hawken. The whole thing is done by some wonderful scientists around the world who've done this incredible work of doing the math. So look at Drawdown. You can get it at Amazon. I just bought it. It's on my way to my house because right. we just saw Paul Hawken the other day. It's a, I think it's going to be a new movement, like it, it as is. impactful as Inconvenient Truth was years ago. This is, you know, the solution to a lot of our global climate change problems. And uh, you, you can't deny. And his approach about dealing with this is not about making anybody the bad guy anymore, not about fighting, arguing, just what can we do if this is correct and we believe it is, what are the things that we can do that have a financial reward too? They right. all have a financial reward. Yeah. So if you're a free market capitalist, this list is for you. Right. And that's what he does. Let's stop arguing about this. If it's right, if the 97% of the scientists are right, here's what we can do that makes business sense. Let's do it. Quit arguing. Quit pointing our fingers at oil companies or at others or coal miners. Let's just do what we can do to make a difference. And it's an incredible list with a lot of surprises. Draw down as a book and I'd look into it. Right. All right, this week in Cash in the Green, we're going to give you the 101 on how solar power can save you money. Well, I know it saves money because I've been using solar power since 1990. I know. I've been using solar hot water since 85. I've so. never met a more person obsessed with solar power than you, Ed. What do you mean obsessed? I mean, I have never met. I, since I've known you, it has all been about the solar on the roof. It has been you've checked the numbers. You're looking at the numbers. You're going to check the numbers. The numbers are down. The numbers are, we're out of solar. Oh, there goes all the power in the house. You've got to go out and turn the, go on the grid. I mean, it's just been the- We don't do that anymore. That's all along behind us. We have a more advanced 2016 home. Honey, what I had was a 1936 home converted to be more efficient that had a 1990 solar array on it. I'm just saying, I've just never met anyone more obsessed with solar. Well, it's a holy grail, isn't it? You want to just keep drilling for oil and digging up coal, natural no. gas from fracking, and, you know, we can do those things if we want, or we can move towards solar and wind and geothermal and renewable energy of every sort, and I think that's what we need to do. So it's important. So let me ask you this. Solar in, in comparison to wind, I mean, what is the, what's, no, the percentages, that's the word I was looking for. The percentages of solar versus wind, do you know what, how much we're Alternative using? energy in general, the category of alternative energy is something like 7% now nationwide. So it's very low. It's very low. I think it's higher in California. It's definitely very high of what we generate in California. We buy some power from out of state. We're still buying some coal power from out of state. We use a good amount of natural gas, what they call peaker plants, and some that are not just peaker plants, they run all day mm -hmm. to generate electricity. But we do get a lot of our energy from solar and wind. Uh, it's a double-digit number in California. Let's look it up right while we're here, because I want to know now. I'm pretty sure it's a double-digit number now, statewide, because Governor Brown... We lead, and, the, we lead the nation. In we that, always right? have an energy efficiency and many other things. We've led 
The, but uh, isn't it because we have more sun? We are a sunny state, but so is Nevada. So is New Mexico. So is Arizona. And they've all done some solar, but we've done a lot with energy efficiency dating back to the 70s. Let's, let's look this up. Don't you want to know? Okay. We just found some stats from the Solar Energy Industries Association. This is what the report on solar in California said. We led the nation in solar use in 2016, as well as solar jobs. The percentage of states' electricity from solar is 13.21%. Solar companies in the state, 2,459 companies total. There are several large retailers in California that have gone solar. Campbell Soup, Johnson & Johnson, Google, and Toyota. Let me tell you, if Johnson & Johnson goes solar, that means they're saving money. There's something going on, yeah. exactly. Okay. State homes powered by solar, there's 4724000 The price declines on solar over the last five years. 64% solar, the price of putting in solar has gone down. Wow, that's fantastic. Growth projections and ranking, 14.18 megawatts over the next five years. The goal by 2020 is 33% of California's power coming from renewable sources. Are there other states that are really taking the lead or coming close to that? No, really? Uh, Governor Richardson in New Mexico was very big on solar. They did a lot of solar there for quite a while. He's not governor anymore. No, not for a very long time, actually. No, but he did a, a great deal. There are articles about the Kentucky Coal Mining Museum that installed solar panels, not as an environmental message, but simply to save money. Okay, that's funny. That's great. It's funny, but it's great. It's ironic. I guess the ir ironic would be the, the appropriate uh, word. And there's a coal company in Kentucky called the Berkeley Energy Group that is working with the EDF, Renewable Energy, to add a solar farm on a reclaimed mountaintop removal coal mine. Wow, now that is a mouthful. But that's impressive. That's ironic. Another irony. But that's okay. And while they aren't actually replacing coal with solar, they're hoping this will create jobs and energy growth. So what do you think about that? Well, there's a lot more jobs in the solar industry now than there are in the coal industry. So if you want to get more people working and influence the economy in a positive way, I think the future is solar. This, isn't that ironic that they're putting... They, I mean, it's great. Listen, don't, I, I mean, they might as well do something with that empty mountaintop, right? Exactly. I Put mean, some solar panels perfect. up there. Yeah, because they've definitely decimated it. So, good, there is hope. Arizona, so, I don't think, has... I mean, the naysayers say that it's like, what are we doing? This is like, you know, Don Quixote or something. This like such a small percentage. But aren't there like whole countries that are like one of those countries? Yeah, like Denmark Spain? gets like all of its power from renewables. And that's made them more profitable, more their economy is more secure because they're not spending so much money outside the country on foreign oil, foreign coal. Foreign energy. I mean, it, shouldn't we all be using that as a as as an example of the potential of this? Well, California is moving in that direction. Here it is: in 2014, utility scale power in California generated 9.9 million megawatt hours, more than double the amount generated in 2013. More than five percent of total utility scale electrical generation. So that's just from solar. So you, and the problem is, is, is that you know what megawatt hours means. And the average person doesn't understand it. You well, always your bill these... comes in kilowatt hours. That's a manageable thing. You get charged in a place like LA, I think it's 16 cents a kilowatt hour, 15 or 16 cents still, kilowatt a, hour. No one understands what that means. Well, it's a thousand watts, honey. Didn't you go to school? Kilowatt I did, is but thousand. I, I It's a thousand I watts. I was absent that day. I, I think you were. 
So a kilowatt hour is something that costs you to use a kilowatt, a thousand watt hour. That costs you 15, 16 cents, some parts of the country. But that doesn't sound very much. That sounds like really cheap. Yeah, but you use a lot of, uh, average home uses, a small home uses 20 or 30 kilowatt hours a day. And so, so let's say you're using only 20. That's a really small house. Right. Times 0.15. That's three bucks a day. So three, that's three times 30. That's about 90 bucks a, or 100 bucks a month. So Is that what people normally That's spend? very normal. That's a small house. Bigger houses use hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month worth of electricity. So the people who have the resources to buy all that electricity and have that pay that big bill also might have the resources to buy solar or to do a solar lease, which they have nowadays, and you can do it for no money down. You don't have to take any of your savings or IRA or put it into buying a solar array. You can get it for no money down as a lease. I know. There just still seems to be a, a gap because the people that can afford to do it for the most part, aren't doing it. So it's the ones, the middle class, the people, not necessarily like us, but you know, people that care or the people that really need it can't afford to do it. Well, now that's the old paradigm, honey. The new paradigm is anybody that wants it that is not an apartment dweller right. can get it. And even apartments- if it's, a, if it's appropriate. So it's not always appropriate for every house. You are correct. The, if you have trees that are blocking your roof, if you don't have a proper south-facing or flat roof, right. if your only slopes on the roof are north or east... You're screwed. Yeah, you're not going to be doing any solar. It's not worth your time. It's not worth... Uh, but really, why only north? Because no, north is bad. South is good. See, now I'm from the south, and if I agree. Ah. Ha, ha, ha. No, uh, north is what you do if you're in Australia. Then you want now north-facing roof because you're in the southern hemisphere. We're in the northern hemisphere, so the way the earth tilts different times of year, summer, winter, you want to have the panels facing south. So if you want solar you should, and you're going to buy a house, you should really focus on south-facing roof or flat. lines. Or flat. Okay. And then the second best is west. Information. The first best is south. Second best is west. And, uh, but east is not particularly good, and north is definitely no good. You get no power from a north-facing roof, None, no appreciable power. It's a waste of the panels, basically. This is very sad for those people who have that north-facing roof. Well, the truth is, if you've got a roof, unless it's all just one big, you know, odd architectural design where it's only sloping to the north, most, peop most people that have a north-facing roof have the complement side to it. They have a south-facing roof. So it's not like you don't have... A south unless you have a south-facing roof that is covered by trees or some other building, you know, shading it. I guess they have bigger fish to fry. I don't know. That's no. We should tell people though the basics of solar, how they actually work. Most people don't even know how a panel works. I don't what a either. panel does <laughs> is has two basic elements in it. There's they're made with gallium arsenide. They're made with there's a uh, silicon f factor to it. You grow this crystal. And then you slice it super thin. Where do you grow a crystal? In a lab with people with bunny suits on and what have you. So it has to be totally pure and clean. You can't have any contaminants whatsoever. Why? In there. Because of what you're trying to do. You're trying to basically generate electrons from the difference between an N and a P surface. Now you're just showing off. Well, okay. it's what you, you're taking so, photons and converting them to electrons. That's basically what it's doing. Photons are what's coming from the sun or from uh -huh. a light bulb. That's a photon. That's light. Okay. 
and light is both a particle and a wave, but that's a whole nother discussion. But you have these photons that are hitting your panels or your little pocket calculator or your whatever your solar backpack device. Those photons hit there and are changed into electrons by the difference between these two surfaces, N and P surfaces. And you have them kind of put mm -hmm. together in a solar panel and they have a piece of protective like glass over them to protect them so that if hail comes down or something and somebody drops a tool on a roof, you don't instantly break that precious crystal. Because what you do is, you, as I was saying a minute ago, you grow a crystal, then they slice this wafer super uh -huh. thin. It's got to be super, super thin, and you slice it thin, then you put them negative and positive up on the panel, and you mount them together with great precision. And the panels that you make today are very well made. They will last for decades and decades. The older ones, occasionally you'd see burn marks in the back. I had some that did that. That means you have a, kind of a bit of a short circuit. You have some heat being generated because there's a poor connection. Nowadays, you don't have that because robotics are making the panels. Oh, good. You're, How can you get started with this, though, if you want to do it? You can call up. There's many good, great solar companies. There's Solar City. There's Varango. Those are all good companies that all will put solar on your rooftop for no money down. Well, do you need like a building permit or something? I you mean, do you have to? You definitely want to do it with a permit. You want to do it to the proper code. Like in L.A., they have a very what I believe to be a very smart code, we have to have room around the panels to walk. Not only will it be easier for you to clean said panels, you saw how hard it was when I had no area to walk around the house on Mountain yeah. View in Studio City. It's very hard to clean them. Now you have to have it not only to clean them and maintain the panels, but most importantly, the city's concern is firefighters that have to get in a roof in case there's a fire. They need to work on that roof and they can't not be sliding, sliding around, around on, on solar, solar panels. panels. You've got to have room to work and do what they need to do up well, at a roof. I'm okay. okay, so you're saying, so obviously you can save a lot of money with uh, solar panels, but um, did, wasn't there a time when the government was giving you money back for they like, still There's still some tax credits for solar. There's state and there's federal tax did credits. Did we get them? Oh, we definitely. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, we definitely did. Okay, good. That's all I care about. Let me make one thing crystal clear. There's really two kinds of solar that you can put up on your roof, and that is solar thermal, that is to say solar hot water and solar electric. I have had for many years both. I started in 85, not with solar electric. It was still too expensive in 85, but solar hot water was, you know, approachable. It was uh -huh. doable for me. So I put in a solar hot water system on my home in Ohio. I don't live there anymore. I haven't lived there since the late 80s. I know. You live what? here with me now. That's dear. right. Right. But I've asked about that house. I've inquired. And every time I've inquired, they always say, no, that solar hot water system is still working from 1985. So that's a good system. And I know the system that I have on this uh, roof will last many, many decades. It's made by A.O. Smith, a wonderful American company that knows how to do solar hot water and solar everything. Uh, they have wonderful water heaters that have nothing to do with solar. Very good company, A.O. Smith. Well, and we oh, yeah. also. We yeah. also have very good solar electric panels. That's a different kind of solar. The kind of solar that generates electricity is different than the kind that generates hot water. We have wonderful Panasonic panels. They're 240 watts apiece, and we have 40 of them. So I have about 9 kilowatts of solar panels. And let me tell you what happened. This is very unusual, because you know how I look at those meters. You said I earlier, sure do. I'm always checking the meters. Always checking. Not only we regularly hit 8 kilowatts, that happens sustained and for, you know, some hours at a time, we have seen spikes up to 10 kilowatts on a system that's really only nine point something. 
It happened on a very cool day. When solar panels get cool, they actually become more efficient, not less efficient. It was a very cool day. It's near the spring or fall equinox. And so that's when the sun is pointing right directly at the panel because summertime, the sun's straight up. Wintertime, it's off way down to the south there. But spring and fall equinox is pointing right at the panels. And we got great sun. I, it hit briefly, but it hit it. 10 kilowatts of solar generation was going on right in front of my eyes. Two inverters, five kilowatts apiece, both rated at five on the meter. Okay. If you are still listening at this point to this podcast, you are officially a nerd. Okay, I'm just going to say that and you continue on. How much can you calculate about your savings? How do you do that? Any good solar installer will quantify that for you. They'll tell you exactly what you're going to save and over what period of time you will know your return on investment. That's why a lot of people decide that they want to lease the panels because you get into return on investment in the first month because you put nothing down. You're paying them, let's say, $70 a month depending on the size of the system for the solar array. You gotta pay them, somebody's gotta be paid for that solar. You pay them 70 months, but you're saving 90 bucks a month, putting 20 bucks a month in your pocket, and that's a good deal. That's so a good deal. That's yeah. what a lot of people are doing. But if you like to own things, which I do, I own those wonderful Panasonic panels. Uh-huh. I own the uh, Sunny Boy inverters. I own all the equipment, all the cabling and racks and everything. So I own it, it will be part of this house as Good. long as we I guess own it, when as we long as we divorce, live we'll divvy that up. You keep up. mentioning divorce. Do you have some plans no, no, that no, I no, should know about? Just Am I being served joking. at some point? Okay, so I, I was curious, you know, if you were going to refer, if you were going to recommend a solar, you know, Solar City is one that I know. Isn't that Elon Musk just? Uh, That's his company. Yeah, he just invested. But do you know other good companies? I mean, just for Solar City is very good. Is Durango a, is also yeah. very good, and they got that big uh, Apple solar plant in Nevada. And then Elon Musk is uh, at his big battery manufacturing plant. They're going to put a lot of solar there. There's a lot of big solar arrays there. There's one in Boulder City I visited with the, the uh, Spanish company Axiona. They built a big solar thermal plant there. By that, I mean it's solar thermal that makes electricity. It's kind of a... What does that mean, solar thermal? It's a big mirror instead of the kind of panels we have on the uh-huh. roof. They're just the black, you know black anodized tubing behind a piece of glass up in the roof, that makes our hot water. That's right. that technology, like a black garden hose sitting in the sun. That's how we make hot water in the roof. But for this Axiona plant and many other plants in different parts of California, Nevada, and New Mexico, and elsewhere, these are solar arrays, these uh, parabolic mirrors. It's a parabola that has a bit of tubing through it, mm-hmm. and right at the focal point of the parabola is where this liquid sits in a, this tubing, it's like a thermos. It holds the, the heat very well, and it goes to a steam plant, and that that gets so hot it gets thousands of degrees Fahrenheit, I believe, and then goes to a turbine and spins a turbine, and it makes steam. Holy moly! Okay, well that was quite the education. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. I'm here for you. I know. And the cost, you know, it can cost you if you're going to pay for it. It'll cost you something like forty grand to put up you know, two or three kilowatts, but you'll get rebates and that cost will But there come are down. cheaper ways to start with solar, like, uh, for instance... Solar instant- hot water. Let me give you some bad news about solar for the people there that uh, think they just, you put them up and you forget about them. You can do that, but you will get diminished capacity from your solar panels if you do not clean them from time to time. Let me explain what I mean by that. During the rainy period in a place like L.A. that starts in October, November and goes to April or May, 
During that period, you really don't have to clean them much. The rain will clean them for you. But then from April, May till October, November, you've got to get up there probably about three times in that span of time, every month or two. Well, every two months really is fine. You get up there with a brush and a hose. Don't waste a lot of water. You don't want to waste water to make electricity, but just a little spritz and a brush and a brush and you can clean it off and bring some rags up there. That's what I did. And I cleaned all those panels with just a couple of buckets of water and didn't waste a lot of water in doing it. Why? That's true. I'm Why just, no, I'm just looking at you going, yeah, you, you, uh, many a time I'd be like, where were you? Oh, on the roof cleaning the pa- solar panels. Yeah. Which you got to is... keep them clean. And then it's very quantifiable. The minute that you clean them, you go down to those meters and you look at that current jump. The wattage jumps up because you've just cleaned them and made them more efficient. So you want to clean them, you're going to get better performing panels. Curious, though, if you sell your house, um, you know, does it does it keep its value? I mean, will the, the solar panels increase property value? They do. Most people like the idea of solar. There's very few people that go, I don't want that. Take it off. There's not a lot of people like Reagan that are going to take them off the White House. Most people like them and think they serve a purpose. So um, they're not like commie or socialist kind of <laughs> those commie panels, you know, I don't know. I don't well, know what I, Reagan I, was thinking. Con- why was Ray, Why did Reagan take off the panels off the White House? It's that was very, absurd. It's I think it's a conservative value, conservative to conserve. You want to save sure. energy. You don't want to be, you know, buying a bunch of foreign oil. I don't think that's good for our what country. What was he thinking, though? What did he think that they were there like? There was a, a lot of people in his group were very derisive of solar back then. This is the early 80s, and we didn't have the knowledge in many parts of the community about how beneficial it would be And they to were in that. bed with the Middle East, too, so that maybe had something to do with it, with foreign well, oil. both parties can take claim to that. No, that's I know. Sure. I'm not saying it's just a one-party thing, but yep. still, I probably was part of the reasoning. But when you sell your house, the panels move with you, and the same with the solar lease. It's not a problem for you. If you have a solar lease on one house, you can get a new solar system put on the new house, and what they do, they leave it on there and try to sell the new owner on keeping the panels. If they say no, they don't want them, then they'll come and take them down. But, but are you liable for them then? You are not. No? So no. if you move... Because you sign a contract with that leasing company. Yeah. That's a question. And your panels can move with you. They can, but they're not going to be, in, they're, what they're inclined to do, the best thing for everybody is what they yeah, not urge to. both parties, to leave the one set of panels there and to put right. new panels on the new house. If the new home even qualifies by way of shade and southern pitch or flat roof, it, that has to be determined All too. Right. You know, they can't dictate uh, where you move, but they will try to put new panels on the roof uh, that you're of the home you're buying and leave the panels on the host on the house that you that was very Canadian yeah, so there the hoose the hoose out in the boot yep yep, yep um, very Canadian but they'll try to leave them where they are but if the new owner doesn't want them they will of course take them down and make the roof good as new that's the way they try to do okay. it okay they're perfect love solar okay there's so. a lot of community solar gardens too there's shared solar a lot of people are doing that being part of some array can you on a do hillside that? you can do a sure. s- you can do whatever you want with solar. You can have a hillside nearby and a. And everyone benefits. Yeah, they just hook it up to the, you know, the apartment complex, oh. the uh, condo, you know, area, what All have right. you. If you have a south-facing roof t- rooftop, you can do shared solar. If you have an industrial complex, you can do shared solar on the big flat roof for all the different mm-hmm. tenants in an, you know, a industrial complex. And there's downsides to solar, of course. The downside is. 
You don't want the look. You'd rather have a tile roof. You don't visually, I think, is the only thing that would possibly be a problem for somebody. Yeah, the only downside I can think of is for some people, a small group of the population feels they're unattractive to look at, but we've solved that. You can't see one solar panel no, on this house unless you have a drone with a camera on it. That's right. Is, how else would you see it? You no, I, see honey, it. I'm the one that designed it. Yeah. Well, sort of. Well, I got my architect Well, you have to design it. But, <laughs> but I suggested it. Now it's time for Green or Garbage, that wonderful game uh, that Rochelle and I love to play. Rochelle, are you ready? Oh, oh, okay. I think you already know the answer to this. Our item today is solar refrigerators. Have you ever even heard of a solar refrigerator? No, I have not. There is such a thing. It is a solar refrigerator. That is to say it is a small cooler, like an ice chest that has a panel on the top. But the truth is I've seen them. That is not a refrigerator. That is a Cooler with a panel. Cooler. Yeah. Well, there's also something that is really a solar refrigerator that has a separate panel that you would put on your roof or on your RV or what have you. Those, it's a more robust panel thing than a cooler with a panel built into the lid. Right. That's, there are solar refrigerators that have a very efficient small refrigerator and then maybe 500 watts or something. So would it be like a refrigerator with a refrigerant coolant? It has the same kind of coolant. It's just a very small refrigerator with very thick walls and not a lot of amenities. There's no butter trays or egg trays or ice maker or anything like that. Just basically a box, a cold box so with what a few it, shelves. So is it green or is it garbage? So? Well, it's not really garbage. I won't say it's garbage, but it's, uh, and it's, it's green by nature. But it's only for the hardiest out the there. The hardiest, who are, trust me. Who are me. campers, who yes. are I remember have an RV a refrigerator you had in the house, the old house. It was that, a sun frost. That was so unattractive. It was like it was like something you would find in Russia in 1950. But it was very efficient, honey. Really? It was. It was called the sun frost, and it was didn't was have it? any ice makers. It didn't have a lot of trays. Even didn't have a lot of anything. No, it didn't. It was basically a box with a few yeah, shelves. That was it. And I had that for years. And then I kind of broke it by accident. I was trying to clean out the ice because you had a, it would just build up with like Antarctic ice, you know, <laughs> like several times a year. So it was just an efficient refrigerator is what you're a saying. A super efficient refrigerator used very little wattage. Yeah. And I got it for that reason. Right. Because okay. I wanted to be off the grid. But then when you came into my life, that pipe dream ended. Yep, that's right. Blow dryers, curling irons all your left dreams. on willy-nilly. Yep. It was the end of everything I ever It was I the end of civilization of. as you knew it. Yeah. Yep. I've got a product that's not 100% green, but at least it's something. So this week, I'm going to talk about Soul Soul Hat Charger for smartphones. And I happen to have found this online, mind you. Someone had told me about it at a party, and I was intrigued, and they were going to send me the info, and they didn't. So I looked it up on my little own self, Look and at here you. it is, Soul Soul. Um, it only retails for $69.95. However... And it is a little big with its, like, you know, brim, whereas the solar panel. However, uh, if you need a charge, it uh, will apparently do it. Apparently, because my friend said that it worked for him, so I'm assuming that it, it works for iPhone 5, 6, 6S, like I have, 7 iPad, Android smartphones, GoPros, Bluetooth devices. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? Is a person that... 
uh, promise he'd get you this information. Is it Mike Eisenstadt, Fred Willard's agent? Yes. I've got it right here. You blew. He was. You were supposed to tell me. He wasn't supposed. Uh, to nobody said this. Here's what Mike said to me. Here's the solar powered hat I spoke with you about. Hi Ed. He's not saying hi Rochelle. Well, I thought this might pique your interest. So there it is, right there. Well, Look you know, at but what was? Oh, I think that's it's the same it. one. Same one. Got. Well, I guess there's only one on the market. Okay. We all came up with the same one. So thank one. you, Mike. Thanks, Fred Mike. Fred Willard's agent and a dear guy. Yeah. We got to the bottom of it. That was cool because he was telling me all about it. And I said, please send me the information. But apparently he didn't remember my name or whatever. It doesn't You're really matter. You're hard to forget. I don't know who would ever forget yeah. your name okay. or what well, you stand for. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that that is... I think it's almost 100% green, wouldn't you? I mean, other than the materials that you... And then... Um, what the, do you do with the hat? What is the hat power? Like your cell phone? Did I just... Did, are you, are you, were you asleep just now? I was I looking just, up the thing about I Mike Eisenstein. I just read it. It said, iPad, iPhone 5, 6, 6S, 7, iPad, Android, smartphones, GoPro, Bluetooths. Okay. okay. I was busy doing a search for you to benefit you, and uh, you're in great that it's you are. It's 100% cotton. It's important. Uh, ported. That's not so great. Battery-free, safe, clean, renewable, extends the battery life of your iPhone. Five-panel, snapback, flat-brim baseball cap. It's only in a couple of colors. Well, it's black. I mean, but it does look like a... It's a, it, You know, it's an acquired taste. I don't know that... It so would, am I, apparently. It, apparently. It is $69.95, but there is free shipping. So it's not. I'm gonna you get know. you one for your birthday, yeah, honey. Yeah, yeah, you better best not. Um, and then the next thing uh, that I want to talk about is a solar backpack to charge mobile devices. Now that's been around. We had one of those a while back, so that's been around a while. The hat was a new item for me. I do know about the solar backpacks, and they are quite handy. Yeah. I mean, it, you, it has more panels than that hat, so the bigger surface will allow you to oh, be no, more robust. Oh, no, but it's not. It's on your, you're not going to wear that backpack on your head. So no, this but when you're a, stopped, when you're not hiking, or you're in some sort of a precarious situation, you want full wattage, you can hold the backpack towards the sun. You can take it off. Well, why not just sit with the hat on your head? So I... I guess well, the hat is not necessarily always going to be facing in the right direction. Well, then right just face it in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, but you know. But you want something that has a bigger surface area, so the hat is wonderful. Yeah. But I like the idea of the backpack. Or even better, I like the idea of what I found on the Internet, the Gold Zero Nomad 7 solar panel. This unfolds here. It's a whole kit. Look at this. Look at the size of these panels. That's a lot of panels. I know, but... The how much it's is not that? Just, $79.95? That's really cheap. Yeah. So, but what, I mean, you do you know that how many watts, I guess kilowatts, is that what we're talking? There'd be no kilo There's in no these <laughs> watts, honey. <There's laughs> only kilo is a kilo Okay, gorilla. so whatever percentage of wattage, do you know the difference? And I mean, does Yeah, it, this looks to me to be about 30 watts there or something, maybe 40, 30, 40 watts from all of that. Yeah. Okay. The hat is going to maybe give you two or three watts. You, the more surface area you have, the more wattage you can get, obviously. Obviously. The okay. panels that I have on my roof are 240 watts apiece. Oh, my God. Here's something I thought was really cool. A solar-powered bike lock. What do you need electricity for a bike lock? I don't I'm know. Confused. But I just thought, well, if you don't want to carry your keys, I guess, right? Oh, electronic bike lock that's solar-powered. Smart. But what if? What if you've locked your bike... And there's no you, sun. Yeah, that was yeah, my I don't joke. Like 
it's, it's muck face. not a joke. It's a bad I mean, idea. but what? But not a joke. But I mean, it is. I, was I guess the way it works. I'm going to just think it through for a second. It's got a battery that's going to be charged when it is sunny, okay. and then I'm you could be in the dark. Designed for the avid biker. I almost got you one of these. The Skylock is a solar-powered smart bi uh, bike lock that connects to your smartphone to provide keyless entry, the detection, crash alerts, and social network for bike sharing. Really? I don't quite understand that. I found this solar-powered toothbrush. Now, this is a first for even me. I have heard about solar-powered everything, but a toothbrush, this requires no electricity, no toothpaste even, no problem. The Ion 5 uses solar power to generate negatively charged ions to break down plaque and tartar without the need for toothpaste or batteries. Now, that is, could be a game changer or could be ridiculous. That could be a bust. I'd give it a try. You would? That's what, okay. Dear Santa, this is your new Christmas gift right there. Okay. You see, you got your shopping done mm -hmm. now. I've got a green gadget I'd like to share with everybody. This week, I'm going to introduce you to my solar array that is the Goal Zero Nomad 7 solar panel. It's a little solar kit that you can unfold. It takes up very little space. It's like a little slim, you know, folder really is all it is, a little slim case. And the other thing I want people to know about, this is a green gadget. It's not really in the solar category, but I want people to know about it. The Katydin Hiker Water Filter. If you need clean water and you're hiking, you have some situation, emergency situation, you need to get hydrated and the water you feel is unsafe, this Katydin Hiker Water Filter uh, will give you clean water anywhere that you are. Really? So, both these products are available at Real Goods, by the way. But you That's know what? I just found, and I think this is the, the answer to our, all of our problems, is a solar-powered tent. And we can put that up for you in the backyard. You can stay out there and under that, those solar panels and your little square footage. It's very small, Ed. You'll feel nice and cozy. And um, it can, it, I think it'll solve a lot of issues. Okay. Okay, well, whatever. Let's not All go right. camping together. I yeah. think that's a risk. <laughs> it's a solar disaster. powered tent. I think that's really cool. Provided you're not in Ireland, it will work. Okay, it's Ask the Begleys, our time to answer your questions about building a more sustainable life. This week we answer your questions about solar power. Did we not answer every question about solar power just now? Thanks to everyone who sent a question. If you'd like to ask us something, email us at begleyesk at gmail.com or call 657-BEGLEY3 and you might just hear yourself on our show. We got a question from Nathaniel in Boston. He asked, for every kilowatt of solar energy installed that directly replaces a fossil fuel energy source, how much are we reducing harmful air pollutants? Well, the, the quick answer is a lot. I've heard anecdotally over the years that it is each solar panel in the two to 300 watt range, you're eliminating over the life of the panel, if it lasts the 30 or 40 years you expect it to last, you're saving like 20 barrels of oil. You're saving that much energy uh, is one way to look at it. Air pollution, you know, that 20 barrels of oil, to drill for it, to refine it, to burn it up, to, all, to do all those different steps, you're putting out a tremendous amount for that many barrels of oil, tons and tons of NOx, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxides, uh, ozone, 
PM 2.5, all of those pollutants. So a lot and an amount in the tons. I'm going to use the term tons, and I'm not incorrect with that. Many, many tons. So that's just from one panel over its many-year life now. We're not talk it's not going to save that in a week or even in a year. But over the course of the 30 or 40 years, today's panels are expected to have uh, very good wattage. Um, you're going to save that much. You know, and there's a great group that I'm part of. I'm on the advisory board of the Union of Concerned Scientists. You know that, right? Yeah, Me and Bill I know. Meyer I've been to the many of their um, events. I think they're and great. And they're great. And they, uh, they came up with this. Most estimates for concentrating solar power range from 0.08 to 0.2 pounds of carbon dioxide equivalent per kilowatt hour. In both cases, this is far less, less than the life cycle emission rates for natural gas, which is 0 0.6 to two pounds of CO2 energy per kilowatt hour, and coal, 1.4 to 3.6 pounds of CO2 per kilowatt hour. And keep in mind, over the life of a solar panel, you're going to put out many, many thousands of kilowatt hours for each panel. So uh, that's what solar panels do. And you multiply it by the time you have it and the amount of energy you're able to put in your roof. And we have nine kilowatts of solar energy in the roof, so that's going to eliminate many, many tons of pollutants over the life of these solar panels, which I can promise you as I sit here will be a very long, long life. We also want to highlight how you guys are using solar. At Conrath23 tweeted, we have a 20-kilowatt-hour system that powers our house and our neighbors. We drive an electric car for free and use a heat pump for free heat. That's incredible, Conrath. Thank you. Jeez, now you're Ed's new best friend. I know. Right? We're making feel, a lot of friends here. We are. That's good. I feel puny with my nine kilowatts. That's no big deal. They got 23. Well, what? they say 20 kilowatt hours. I'm, I'm making 50 some odd kilowatt hours a day. Maybe they're talking about kilowatt hours. But You've whatever way they're doing. you done lost me, buddy. you done lost me. I know. It's yeah. tech talk. Okay. Leave yep. it to the gearheads, yeah. honey. Okay, cool. But if they got 23 kilowatts, of, uh, of solar, that's a huge system for them and their neighbors. That's really big. But whatever way they're doing it, they're that's making awesome. 23 kilowatt hours a day, that's good too. So you can probably tell there's a lot to learn about solar, but let's sum up the main points from today. Number one, installing and maintaining your solar panels does take work, but the savings for your wallet and the planet makes it worth the effort. Renewable energy is on the rise. Let's do what we can to keep this momentum going. Well, that's about it for this episode. Hopefully you learned a little more about solar power. And haven't fallen asleep yet. If you're still with us, thank you. And uh, you've learned more about solar than you ever thought was possible, actually. We have new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. And let us know what you think about our podcast. Leave a rating and a review. Do a little, do a lot, just do something today and tell us what you did. Thank you to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. This podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info and advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <laughs>